Welcome to Healthy Wealthy You, where we'll continue to explore all aspects of functional medicine and good health. We'll help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. Now, here is your host, Dr. Camille Vardy. Hello, welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. This is Dr. Camille. As I'm sure my regular listeners have noticed, I did a lot of encore shows in the last couple of months, and I want to share with you what that's all about. We've talked a lot about making changes in life, about creating a life you love. Well, after seven years of planning, I made the biggest change of my life. I left the place that I've lived since I was 19 years old, passed along my patient practice, and I'm starting my life all brand new. I came to be near my family since I really didn't have much family nearby anymore. And I came to live in a place where life added up better for me than it was in the place where I was living. I knew I wasn't living up to my own values. I have spent my whole life studying health, helping others to be healthy, and I didn't have time to care for myself in the ways that I wanted, in the ways that I knew to do, in the ways that became absolutely essential. I was living a high-stress life, and it was unsustainable. So I needed that break from the show because it took every minute of the day and every ounce of energy to pull it all off. It's like when you make a turn in your car. You need to turn the steering wheel hard to go into the turn. And then when you're settled in the new direction, you can let go and bring the wheel back to center. And that's what I've been doing for the last couple of months, turning the steering wheel as hard as I could. For the most part, I've come to the other side in letting go of the old life, at least the parts of it that I wanted to let go of or had to leave behind. Now I need to turn my attention to the new life that I want to create. So for that reason, dear friends, this is going to be the last show for a while. I'm not finished turning that steering wheel. I need to set the new direction. I still have a lot more things to say, a lot more that I want to share with you, but now is not the time. So there'll be more in the future. I just need to put my time and focus in other directions. I need to create the new me because this was the biggest change, the biggest project that I've ever taken on in my life. So today I'd like to talk to you about creating a life you love, which is what I've been doing. It doesn't necessarily mean the kind of big change that I made, moving to a completely new place and starting over, but it can take the same kind of steps, the same kind of intention, the same kind of discernment of what you want to keep and what you want to leave behind as I have experienced. Any change, any growth in the direction of who you want to be in life is valuable. First, there needs to be a lot of soul searching. Take a deep, honest look at where you are and what you have. Some people feel that it's important to create a time and some space for it, and certainly that's valuable. But I think realistically, the big issue for a lot of people is that the time and freedom just isn't there. 
So my recommendation is to start making lists on your phone if that's the handiest or carry a little notepad with you. However you do it, keep it manageable. For me, I would often think about things while I was commuting or I would talk it over with friends. The main thing is to keep it simple enough that the lists really do get made and the plan really does take shape. Making these lists is not a one-time thing. Over time, you'll refine, you'll think of new things, you'll decide some of the things on the list weren't practical or they weren't in the right direction. And that's all a good thing. There are several lists that I think are important and you can do them in any order. Again, you'll be distilling this information for a while. So where you start is up to you. An important one is to list who is in your life that has to be on board with the changes or who might even have to participate in the process. If the change is mostly within yourself, such as committing to being healthier, then maybe you're the main person involved and you only need support perhaps of your family and, you know, in eating better or something like that, but it's really within you. If it's a big change like mine, then it might take the support of your spouse, your kids, or other family members. Who makes that list is good to have in your mind at the outset because their priorities, goals, and obstacles need to be taken into account too. They need to participate in this process as well. Another list would be your goals. I've talked before about an insight I had many years ago that gave me so much freedom. I thought, what if I decided who I wanted to be, what I wanted to stand for at the end of my life? What did I want my legacy to be? What did my unique set of talents and strengths and experiences mean to this world? I didn't know if that last day of my life was 50 years away or five, but if I knew really clearly what my life was about and what I stood for, and when I took my last breath, whenever that is, if I stayed true to that, I would know that I had done everything I could in this precious life that I had to further that legacy. And that was so freeing for me. I used to be someone who always tried to help, always tried to please, even if it was unrealistic. I would always say yes, but then I would often take on too much and sometimes just make people frustrated and disappointed when I couldn't follow through. Or I would let go of my own priorities in order to do what I had promised. Once I became clear about who I am in the world, it became so easy to say no to things. I could say, that's a really great project. That is a really worthy cause, but it's not my cause. I wish you the best. That was truly one of the best refinements that I've ever made in my life. So decide on the life you want and say no to everything that is not that. Once we have our clear picture of our legacy, we can get more clarity on the goals. Over time, these should get more and more detailed. It's one thing to say, I want to be a good parent and raise happy, healthy kids. But what does that really mean to you? And does it mean the same thing to you that it means to your spouse? Does that mean that they should be independent thinkers who can make good choices? Does that mean 
that there's a focus on education or sports or the arts? Does that mean teaching them to be kind and spiritual and offer service to the community? In a world of so many choices, I could add a hundred worthy goals to that list. And naturally, any parent would want to say yes to all of it. Sure, it all sounds good. Who wouldn't want those things? But no one has the time and ability to do it all. And the more we try, we just create exhausted, stressed kids who are depressed because they can't live up to all the expectations. So the more clarity you bring, the more likely you will be able to prioritize and be able to accomplish what you want in the most positive way. Now, when I say to get detailed on your goals, it can't be rigid or unrealistic. If your goal is to have a tall, handsome husband who adores you and gives you everything you want and never disagrees with you, well, I'm sorry to say that probably isn't going to happen. You want to be realistic. You also want to have measurable goals, something where you can actually say you have accomplished something, where there are milestones, where you can feel good about what you've done along the way, whether it's paying off a debt or adding to your savings or getting your kid through a year of school really happily and successfully, whatever the measurable milestone is, it's really good to create those things that help you feel success along the way. You do want to know what it is that you're working toward, because believe me, changes take work. Look at how your goals may have evolved over time. They won't be the same as they were years ago. Perhaps you chose a career because it was lucrative, but the life you chose stifles you and you long to break free. But perhaps you feel trapped in the demands of an affluent lifestyle. Or perhaps it's the opposite. When you were young, you were following your passion, but now you find yourself unable to make ends meet and without a clear path to ever retiring. Opposite ends of the spectrum, but basically the same problem not having a life that makes sense for who you are right now. As you're figuring out how to approach all of this, or even what it is that you want to approach, there's a great set of questions that comes from the website BetterUp. It's a great global coaching organization, and I highly recommend their articles. Here are some questions that they ask. How would you describe your mental fitness? Is it a positive or a negative in terms of your quality of life? When you think of your overall well-being, what are you proud of? What do you want to change? When was the last time you were outside of your comfort zone? Oh, that's a big one. (laughs) When was the last time you felt proud of yourself? and why. What will happen if you continue to live your life as is? What would happen if you don't make a change? What would happen if you stayed in your current job? What would happen if you chose to switch careers or quit your job? What are your strengths? Are you using them in your day-to-day life? 
And that's both your work life and your personal life. What don't you like about your life right now? What's within your locus of control? Locus of control refers to a person's beliefs about how much control they have over what happens to them in life and how much influence they have over what happens in the world around them. This really refers to looking at what we can actually manage when it comes to change. I equate it kind of to the 12-step idea of accept the things we cannot change, have the courage to change the things we can, and have the wisdom to know the difference. If there are things that are not in our power to change, such as the way other people live their lives, we need to take that off the table. We need to focus our energies on what is doable. And that often means focusing on ourselves. Another question is, what would you do if you knew you had one year to live? I tend to prefer my own framing of that when we were talking about legacy. The point is, how can you live life to the fullest extent possible? Now, that doesn't mean necessarily going full tilt every day, having crazy adventures. It's really asking, what does it mean to you to live your life fully? It could mean spending quiet time reading, being in your garden, or just sitting and holding your child. The point is, how do you bring yourself joy on a daily basis? Next, how would your life be different if you invested in yourself? In a way, we can think of our life as a business. Just as a business would want to show a profit at the end of the year, what do we have to show for our time and our energy and everything we did at the end of the year? Did, did we get a good investment in all of what we put out? Next, are you a priority in your life? If not, why not? This, these are a wonderful set of questions, and I hope it gives you a lot to think about. Next, take a look at your list and separate things out by what are wants and what are needs. Some of our goals are must-haves. Some are just nice-to-haves. That distinction becomes really important because, again, unfortunately, we can't have it all especially if we have to balance the needs of other family members. Knowing what is negotiable and what isn't is key. Brianna Wiest said, sometimes you get what you want. Other times you get a lesson in patience, timing, alignment, empathy, compassion, faith, perseverance, resilience, humility, trust, meaning, awareness, resistance, purpose, clarity, grief, beauty, and life. Either way, you win. Yes, either way we win. My motto is embrace and evolve. Embrace means being very realistic about the current situation, whatever it may be. Embrace it. This is your life. We can't run away from that, and if we try, then it just perpetuates the situation. Nothing can ever change. 
I promise you the short-term pain of accepting a truth is much better than the long-term pain of believing an illusion. Once we've embraced it, evolve, grow. It's the very definition of living things that we are dynamic. There's change, activity, progress in the definition of being alive. So we can choose what that means or we can let change just happen. It's up to us. Recently, a friend of mine was sad that I was leaving. He said, all my friends are leaving. Everyone is abandoning me. And I gently said to him, we're not leaving you. We're just growing and evolving in our lives. And you're choosing not to. You're actively choosing not to get involved with new friends or new activities. Yes, many old things are falling away but there's a big world of possibilities waiting for you to show up. Carl Jung said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And Charles Darwin said, it is not the strongest of the species that survive, nor the most intelligent, but the ones most responsive to change. Let's take a break here. This is Dr. Camille and Healthy Wealthy You. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Healthy Wealthy You will help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. We'll explore all aspects of well-being, nutrition, lifestyle, fitness, mental health, relationships, family, work, finances. It's you living your best life. No matter what your current health or life obstacles, we want to help you cross that bridge to your new life. Our experience with food, nutrition, supplements, functional medicine, specific health issues, and every aspect of what it means to be truly healthy will provide something for every level of interest, bringing new twists on what you already know. We'll help you figure out why you haven't achieved your goals and learn strategies to help you create a personal approach that finally works for you. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. (laughs) 
welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. If you have questions for Dr. Camille or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now, back to the show with Dr. Camille. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. This is Dr. Camille, and we're talking about creating a life you love. Once we've looked at our goals, then we need to look at our approach to life. Some people in my situation might have just picked up and moved. For me, it took seven years of planning because if I was going to take this leap of faith, and believe me, that leap was huge, I wanted to do it once and fully. It meant giving up my business, my home, and most of my possessions. So I did not take that lightly. So what are the non-negotiables for you? Some would say, I need to always know I have a substantial financial cushion, or I need to have things planned in advance. A friend of mine made a similar move many years ago, but approached it completely differently. She traveled extensively until she found a place that felt like home to her. And when she returned home, she packed up and moved within weeks. She lived there happily for seven years until circumstances forced another change. For her, it absolutely worked. So some people might feel more willing to try new things, to allow for a certain level of serendipity, even if it means being a little uncomfortable at times, having to figure things out on the fly, dealing with uncertainty or frustration. There's the saying, we figure out who we are by figuring out who we are not. Looking at the non-negotiable things, most of us have certain responsibilities. Some might feel I would never leave my current job until the kids finish college. Or I would never move away while my parents still need care. These are important non-negotiables. They're very real and they have to be respected. But it's important to remember that most changes do take time. So start now and do a little every day. Changing careers might mean learning new skills, getting a different degree or license. Or maybe you don't have the finances to support the change you want to make. So shifting the way you spend money, paying off debt, putting as much as you can into savings, that can take time too. Or maybe we need to declutter our house and pare down our possessions. These are all things that can be done a little bit each day or each week always moving forward. If the issue is finances, we might need to change how we look at money. Early in my career, I was so happy working with patients. I loved my job so much that I felt really abundant with my money. More patients just meant more fun and more money was a bonus. It was a win all around. But once my goal of moving came into focus, it caused an abrupt change financially. I realized that having stuff was actually going to be a liability for me, and every dollar that I could save would bring me closer to my goal. I shut down almost all of my non-essential spending. For the most part, I only spent money on what I needed, not on what I wanted. Of course, I did need to have a little fun along the way. Don't get me wrong, but I was very conscious of exactly what I was doing. But it was the big shift in my intention that really mattered most. 
marketing has become such a science in this country that we can become persuaded that there are a lot of things that we don't need as much as we think we do. When I started to go through my house and in preparation for my move, I really got to look at each and every thing in my life. And I had a lot of very cool stuff. The thing is, is that I rarely had the time to enjoy it or use these things in the way I wanted. I had so many books I hadn't had time to read, so many health products and gadgets I hadn't had time to use. I had clothes in the back of my closet that I forgot I owned. It really was very eye-opening for me. Very little of it was in the category of impulsive or stupid purchases. It was all very good stuff. I'm a fairly selective person, but the reality was, was that my spending and my purchasing didn't actually fit the life that I was actually living. I really saw that the reality didn't match my thinking in the situation. And in the end, most of that stuff that I had was just given away to friends. It was better than the best Christmas ever. Now, here are a couple thoughts about money and stuff. One thought is, if you're thinking about buying something, ask yourself, how much of my life am I giving in order to purchase this thing? Don't think of it as, oh, $100, that's a good price for this. Think of how much time it takes you to earn that. And not just how much you make per hour. It's how much you have left after taxes, after living expenses, after commuting expenses, childcare. How much of your income is actually disposable income in your budget? If you're someone who has trouble making ends meet, if you only have a few hundred dollars of fun money left over at the end of the month, you might be giving a whole week of your life just to earn that $100 to buy that thing. And do you want that object enough to trade a week of your life? And when you look at how much per hour, you want to think also about the time spent commuting to work, taking your clothes to the cleaners, or answering work emails at home. Was it really 40 hours you spent on work-related activities or much more? How much of your life are you trading to buy that thing? If you're on the other side of the spectrum and finances are not an issue, then look at all your possessions and the weight of that. Do you spend much of your time managing all your stuff, managing the housekeeper and the gardener and the house repairs? Do you long to just have an afternoon when they'd all go away and you could just sit alone and read? What are you trading for all that stuff? Before you buy something, ask yourself, will I still enjoy this and use it in the future or will it just become clutter? The first rule of clutter is don't buy it in the first place. Ask yourself, do I love it? Is it beautiful or useful? Does it help me achieve my goals in life? Does it improve the quality of my life? And for things that are already in your house, ask, does this add or take away from my enjoyment of life? Is it something I've stopped noticing is there and doesn't actually give me pleasure? Did I bring this item into my life or was it a gift that I just feel guilty getting rid of? And if I were free from guilt, would I still keep it? 
Is it hard or expensive to replace if I needed it again? Do I need to save it for tax or legal or other similar reasons? When was the last time I used it or the last time I enjoyed using it? And would I feel more free without it? Believe me, I wish I had asked more of those questions along the way. It would have made my relocation and exit a whole lot easier. It's about being unencumbered, stepping into change, taking advantage of opportunities is about being ready to take advantage of those opportunities. If you are ready, you won't need to get ready. Because maybe by the time you get ready, that opportunity may pass you by. It may get snatched by someone else or the door may just close. Have you seen a great investment, but you didn't have the cash flow to take advantage of it? Did you see a great job opportunity, but never got to apply for it because you didn't have the time to update your resume? Was that great job in another city, but you just couldn't face all the clutter in your house and that made the move? too daunting. You deserve to be in an environment that brings out the softness in you, not the survival in you. Too many of us are just trying to survive, just trying to get through the day. Anything that makes you feel less encumbered is a positive thing. The next list we want to make is our values. This will help us define what it is and what we want. For me, when I looked at my life, I realized that everything that I was unhappy with, everything that felt out of integrity with my values and with how I wanted to live was because of time. So as I was trying to define the change that I wanted to make, how to have more time was my number one value. And everything I did was working toward my goal. That's when I realized that I had to completely change my life. A small change wasn't going to do it for me. As long as I lived in one of the most expensive communities in the world, lived a life in which the standard is to respond to texts and emails rapidly 24-7, to maintain a work life that never allowed me to catch up, I knew that I would never have the time and self-care that I needed as a human being. I needed to streamline. I needed to simplify. I needed to acknowledge that the life I had created for myself, much as I once loved it, was unsustainable. I needed to walk away. Values are different than goals. The values are what underlie the goals. My goal was to relocate. The value underlying that was to have more time for the things that were important to me. So explore your values. A big one is spending more time with family, better work-life balance. Maybe your value is better health and fitness or spending time in nature, spiritual development, education, community service, creative expression. Search on personal values or core values online to help you sort out your thoughts if you need. There are a lot of great articles out there on this. And this is one area in which talking it over with those essential people in your life is important. Shared values will help you to all be moving in the same direction. 
And one thing to consider are your true values. So often we inherit values from our parents or our peers or from the groups that we belong to in our community, especially religious groups. Is this really my value? Or am I living up to my parents' expectations? Did I become a lawyer because my father was a lawyer, but I'm actually miserable every day? Am I living a lavish lifestyle because I think my spouse expects me to provide all of that? Am I living beyond my means because I feel I need to have the latest fashions in order to be attractive and find a mate? Distinguish between values and expectations. Make sure the things on your list really are your values. Some of the hardest ones to see are the values we were taught as little children. It can feel like we're betraying our parents if we reject what they taught us. There's an idea that we grow up becoming one of four things. We either become our mother or we become our father, or we become not our mother or not our father. We might strive to be the opposite of what they were because their influence was so strong and we feel repelled by it. Sometimes there may be a combination of those four possibilities. Combine that with your spouse's mother, father, etc., and you can see why relationships and why making changes together over time can get very complicated. And anyone who's grown up in an insecure family situation can hold that insecurity throughout life. That can be so crucial in holding a person back from making changes. There can be low self-esteem, feeling undeserving, feeling afraid of making mistakes, being able to express our own needs. These things can be paralyzing. So take a good hard look at your values and what you're working toward and make sure they're truly your own. And if they aren't, and it feels difficult to break free of them, then do the emotional work to sort that out. Take a look at the messages in your head that came from a time that you barely remember from people who were still carrying their own wounds. Talk to a therapist or a coach or your spouse or your close friends. It's my belief that we cannot be fully happy we cannot live our best life. We cannot fulfill our true purpose in the world unless we understand what we truly value. We have to do the emotional work. It isn't an easy process to break free of the expectations of people in our lives that are important to us. I highly recommend the two episodes that I did on emotional intelligence in March. Explore the different emotions. There are so many nuances of emotion and they can be beautiful and wonderful. And it's so, so rewarding to do. Let's take another break here. This is Dr. Camille and Healthy Wealthy You. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Healthy Wealthy You will help you find the tools to become the best version of yourself. We'll explore all aspects of well-being, nutrition, lifestyle, fitness, mental health, relationships, family, work, finances. It's you living your best life. 
No matter what your current health or life obstacles, we want to help you cross that bridge to your new life. Our experience with food, nutrition, supplements, functional medicine, specific health issues, and every aspect of what it means to be truly healthy will provide something for every level of interest, bringing new twists on what you already know. We'll help you figure out why you haven't achieved your goals and learn strategies to help you create a personal approach that finally works for you. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. If you have questions for Dr. Camille or her guests, feel free to join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now, back to the show with Dr. Camille. Welcome back to Healthy Wealthy You. This is Dr. Camille, and we're talking about creating a life you love. When we're talking about emotions, even explore the hard parts, the traumas. This is one of the hardest and best things you'll ever do. Haruki Murakami said, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person that walked in. But that's what the storm is all about. The traumas from the past can hold us back from so much. For some people, this can get in the way of creating the life we love indefinitely. Our emotions govern every aspect of our lives, whether we acknowledge them or not. They affect how we love, how we parent, how we work, how we lead, and what we follow. We live in a culture where relentless positivity is praised. Being strong is valued, but the trauma rises to the surface inevitably, often at unwanted times and in unwanted ways. Emotional trauma can have many causes and take many forms. We hold on to these wounds because they were just too big or too frequent for us to deal with. We became frozen. We stuffed it down. Our cortisol pumped. Fight or flight mode has also been called fight, flight, fright mode because we can freeze in fear and sometimes we can stay frozen for decades unable to move forward there are physical responses here we can have reminders of the incidents like flashbacks intrusive thoughts nightmares we can, we can be triggered with excessive responses to the triggers hyperarousal, insomnia, agitation, irritability, impulsivity, anger, or some people get deactivation, numbing, avoidance, withdrawal, confusion, 
dissociation, depression, substance abuse. One interesting study by Sharon and Nemeroff at the University of Miami indicated that the effects on the nervous system of PTSD are very similar to the effects of traumatic brain injury. PTSD can actually mirror what we see when there's strong physical damage to the brain. We see an initial increase in cortisol and then the opposite, adrenal exhaustion. We see an increase in epinephrine and norepinephrine, which can increase heart rate and blood pressure. And we see a decrease in serotonin, which can affect depression and sleep patterns. We also see a decrease in GABA, which can lead to anxiety, as well as thyroid changes that can do the same. We also see actual physical changes in the brain. The hippocampus shrinks and becomes less active, so we become less and less able to cope with stress. The amygdala increases its activity so that we become hypervigilant, agitated, and less able to discern between threats, including being able to discern between real threats and imagined ones. Everything can start to feel like a threat. We can also see changes in the part of our brains that bring down the fight, flight, fright response when the danger is over. So without that, we can stay in a prolonged state of fear and threat. To me, one of the most significant aspects is that it actually physically shrinks the prefrontal cortex. That's the part of our brains that have to do with thinking, with executive function. That's the part of our brains that is the focus of dementia and Alzheimer's. So PTSD can actually be a big contributor to the development of that. Loss of executive function can mean a loss of ability to meet goals, to stay on task and stay focused, and to be able to modulate distractions. It can affect impulse control and the ability to follow multi-step directions and it can affect our ability to gauge priorities and to adjust them. These issues are a challenge for so many people in our society at all ages, that PTSD can either be a causative factor or even a contributing one is extraordinarily significant. It's so important to work on this in order to move life forward. Numbing it with substances or even pharmaceuticals that dampen down the feelings are not long-term solutions. Approach it fearlessly. If it's scary, do it anyway. Steve Harvey said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Why would you stop while you're in hell? Even though we do see physical changes, please don't be discouraged. The body has a tremendous capacity to heal when the obstacles are removed and the right nourishment and support is given truly. Since it's impacting us physically, we may need to approach it on a physical level as well as an emotional level. There are many ways to do this. Exercise. Oxygen is incredible for the brain. There are many bodywork therapies that are specifically geared to this. Somato-emotional release work with a cranial sacral therapist can be very helpful. Acupuncture and Chinese medicine 
when done by someone who's specially trained in working with emotional issues and PTSD can be tremendous. Ask for a practitioner who specifically does that work. Constitutional homeopathy can also bring profound breakthroughs. All of these are worth exploring. And along with that, do the emotional work. Working with a therapist, a coach, talking with friends, journaling, the main thing is face it, clear it. And it's not just about what the world has thrown at us or what people in our past have done to us. The trauma can also be about things that we have done, things we don't want to face, shame that we hold. That also has to be resolved for us to move forward. There's a beautiful tradition in Zulu culture. It's called Ubuntu, which means humanity towards others. The essence of it is, I am because of who we all are. When someone does something wrong, he's taken to the center of the village and surrounded by his tribe for two days while they speak of all the good that he has done. They believe each person is intrinsically good, yet sometimes a person can make mistakes, and those mistakes are really a cry for help. The village comes together for this ritual to encourage the person to reconnect with his true nature. The belief is that unity and affirmation have more power to change behavior than, sh than do shame and punishment. Ubuntu values sympathy, compassion, benevolence, solidarity, hospitality, generosity, sharing, openness, affirmation, availability, kindness, caring, harmony, interdependence, collectivity, and consensus. So if you're feeling guilt, if you're feeling shame, and it's holding you back, remember that all emotions have a positive and a negative side to them. Guilt and shame could be telling you that there's something in your life that needs to be cleaned up. Borrow from the 12-step tradition and go make amends where needed. And then invite Ubuntu into your life. Find people in your life who can appreciate you and build you up and show you the bright, wonderful, magical person that you are. And show yourself Ubuntu. Show yourself kindness and compassion and benevolence. I don't know about you, but I feel a sense of calm just thinking about it. Bring harmony into your life by doing everything you can to be at peace with the past. Then be realistic and proactive about the present and be innovative, inspired, and hopeful about the future. David White said, immaturity is shown by making false choices, living only in the past or only in the present or only in the future or even living only two out of three. Maturity is not a static platform of having arrived, where life is viewed from a calm, untouched oasis of wisdom. It's a living, elemental frontier between what has happened, what is happening now, and the consequences of that past and present. 
first imagined and then lived into the waiting future. Maturity calls us to risk ourselves as much as immaturity, but it does so for a bigger picture, a larger horizon, for a powerfully generous outward incarnation of our inward qualities and not for gains that make us smaller, even in the winning. Changing my life took courage, a lot of it. At a certain point, even though I didn't feel ready and didn't have everything lined up perfectly, I just decided to go for it. I decided to trust that I'm a resourceful person and I will figure it out. My soul just could not wait any longer. And when I thought of my resources, there were tangible ones and intangible ones. Yes, there was the new home I'd made for myself and all the many logistical issues that I had navigated. But the intangible resources were even more important. The knowledge I acquired to support me, the relationships that I had spent a lifetime cultivating, and the many, many people who stepped up to support me. So many people who helped me in so many different and necessary ways people who helped me complete my old life, as well as those who are welcoming me into my new one. And a shout out to all who helped. I am so profoundly grateful to each and every one of you. I could not have done it without your help. And there were the inner resources, trusting my strength, my ability to work hard and to learn, my ability to make sacrifices and delay gratification for a higher purpose, my resilience and my adaptability to twists and turns, and my emotional fearlessness. But most of all, my resources were my friends, my dear, dear friends, and all of their resources and talents that they shared so generously. Certainly, this is another important list to make for yourself. On what resources can I rely to make the changes I want to make? Mary Jean Erion, in her book, Yes World, said, Sometimes I wondered if I had any faith. I sat down and thought about it. And when I had had enough of that, I got up and went on my way. And that, the getting up and going, was faith. Never stop believing in your own resourcefulness, in your own ability to create a life you love. Have courage and determination and faith. I love this quote, another one from Brianna Wiest. I hope you find the courage to change your life in the small ways, in the big ways, in every way that matters. I hope you do not end this story with a heart full of regrets. I hope you do not spend your years just waiting for your life to begin. I hope you realize that this is not the practice run. This is not the preview. This is it. There's nothing to do but leap. There's nothing to do but allow yourself to exist as boldly and honestly as you can. You will think you have forever, but you do not. It all happens and it happens quickly. You're not waiting on another person or the right timing or for everything to fall into place. You're waiting to feel ready enough to exist within the questions, to not need every answer 
and to know that this life does not come to us to be perfectly understood, but to be fully experienced in every direction we can reach. Well, friends, it's just about time for us to close for today. I want to leave you one last thought from Alicia Watchorn. I hope you fall in love with life, with music, with art, with books, that you find yourself swimming under the moon and dancing among the wildflowers. I hope your eyes stay open to the magic that surrounds you each and every day and not for a single second of this life that you forget that you are magical too. I hope you chase your most vivid dreams and you reach for the stars because everything is possible. I hope you set your soul on fire with the things you love. That your life is filled with adventures of unexplored places, nights that leave an imprint on your heart, and people who appreciate the unique perfection that you are. This has been Dr. Camille and Healthy Wealthy You. It's been a privilege to be together today and in all of these podcasts. Don't worry, you haven't heard the last of me. I just need some time to create this new life of mine, the life I love. I will be back. Please feel free to follow me on social media so that you'll know when I return. Even send me a message if you like and tell me what you'd like to hear from me in the future. Until then, remember that life is too short to leave the keys to your happiness in someone else's pocket. Embrace and evolve. Live every day fully and intentionally. Love. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Healthy Wealthy You. Have a question but weren't able to get on the show today? Join us next week and call in. Until then, hold that inspiration.